extraordinarily successful people are just ordinary people who are able to focus on one thing for a long time for for extraordinarily long time. That's what yeah. how he defines extraordinarily successful people. Hello, fellow entrepreneurs and Triple M Nation. This is Steve Hamoon here, and this is the Money Mindset and Mentoring Podcast, your go-to resource for breaking financial plateaus and taking your business to the next level. Whether you're just starting your entrepreneurial experience or you're a seasoned veteran striving for expansion, you are in the right place. As myself, as a successful entrepreneur in tech, construction, real estate, mortgages and financing, and in my business consulting, I have helped countless individuals achieve their financial success by pinpointing their challenges and guiding them to creating massively successful outcomes. Now, don't worry. It doesn't matter if you're making under $100,000 or if you're making well over a million. This show's intention is to offer you a fresh perspective and provide actionable advice to help you drive your success. Each week, we bring in powerful stories of guests who've wrestled with challenges, much like yours, and have emerged victorious. These stories are not far-fetched fantasies. They are possible and they are real. And they are a testament to what you can achieve with the right mindset and the right strategies. Expect an in-depth market analysis, empowering insight into sales and marketing and HR, and above all, an unwavering commitment to you to guide you towards achieving your financial goals. So are you ready to unlock your entrepreneurial potential? Join me every week on all the major platforms. Welcome to the Money Mindset and Mentoring Podcast, where success isn't just a dream, it's a journey we will embark on together. Hey everybody, we are here today with my special guest here, Sordor Akhmedov. And Sardor, like it is so great to meet with you. Your story is absolutely amazing. I love with what you're doing with Jafton. You know, being a leader in the development in the mobile space, you are absolutely crushing it. I just want to really uh, thank you for taking the time to come and join me on Money Mindset uh, Mentoring Podcast. And uh, welcome and introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, Steve. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Very excited to be here. So yeah, I'm Sardor. I'm you know tech entrepreneur. I'm 25, based out of Miami originally from Uzbekistan and uh, been in tech business uh, for the past five years and I've been identifying as entrepreneur since age of 10. So um, yeah, that's a little bit of a background in a nutshell. Happy to dive deeper into anything specific you want to talk well, about. Let's just hit that off really quick because I think, you know, you said that in such a, a calm demeanor of like everybody does it, but uh, I want to hit that off. Started off entrepreneurial spirit at 10 and you are yes. 25 from Uzbekistan yes. <laughs> in yeah. Miami running a massive business doing the digital development for the mobile platforms. How did this all happen? Man? That's, that's, a, that's, not a, that's no small endeavor. For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, for like I said, now, as long as I remember myself, uh, I've always wanted to be in business and, and especially tech, right? I've always been interested in tech. So when I first came to the US, I was nine years ago, I was 16. I came here for high school initially, studying high school for two years, my junior and high, uh, junior and senior years, and then went on to study in college in New York for a year. And then I switched to a school in California and then ended up dropping out after a year and a half. 
And uh, that was because I was already involved with a business, not tech business at the time. It was actually in the sport nutrition um, mm-hmm. distribution industry, right? It was something that, you know, the, the fancy word is like passionate, but I wasn't passionate. It's, it's just, it was just something that was just bluntly just put making money, right? Yeah. Uh, I accidentally- Making money is a passion. That's industry. a good thing. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's one passion that definitely doesn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> so- uh, Exactly. Yeah. So, so I was, I was in that business. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were at the time, I think making like 50 grand a month revenue, which was okay for a college student. And then, yeah, that's, uh, why I dropped out of college because I just kind of saw that, Hey, I can, you know, I already found what I'm doing. I, I, you know, if I focus more on business, this is just going to make more sense than staying in college. Right. So I dropped out, but how I got into this business, Jafton is actually a little, uh, a little bit of an unconventional way. You know, so most entrepreneurs, they start a business from scratch, right? They just, you know, either bootstrap or they, uh, you know, raise funding and they start a business like that. For me, it was a way that I got into this was through working and bringing a sweat equity, right? So I joined the company when it was already six years into the business, but it was mm-hmm. still like a, you know, smaller business compared to what it's now, it was about 15 people at a time. And, you know, we weren't doing massive projects, you know, we were doing like smaller projects. Uh, How long ago was that when you joined? That was 2019, right? So I was in my, yeah, I just dropped out of college back then, you know, I was in my, you know, after a semester, after dropping out, it was, it was the summer of 2019, basically. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I joined in, in the business development role as an employee first, right? And then the deal was that I can work my way up through sweat equity into co-owning this company, which I do now. And so pretty much, you know, my kind of what I brought into the table was my dedication to growing this company through, mm-hmm. you know, sales. Basically just focusing yeah. on sales all day, lead gen sales, lead gen sales all day. And, you know, to this day I still lead the sales team, right? So it was back then it was myself. Now I have a sales team and I'm the chief revenue officer and a managing partner here. Um, so that's how I got into this, this business, right? So I, I knew my mentor who's now my business partner, who was just pretty much helping me get into tech business by, you know, offering me this job. And then with a deal that I could transition into a partnership. And so back then you had, when you joined, there was how many, how many people in the company? About 15. And how many are in the company now? Uh, over 120 right now. That's an amazing improvement. Congratulations, man. That is awesome. Yeah, that is super, super exciting. You know, when, yeah. when, uh, when you look, and it's so interesting, when people talk about you know, revenue and they talk about profit, they talk about money, the one thing that I find very interesting is they're always talking about like, you know, hey, that I can buy that new car, I can buy that new house. But you, what you really did by, by you know, honing in on lead generation, honing in on growing the business, honing in on revenue, is you created opportunities for that many people to build a career for themselves because as a result of the activity that you that you did and you must be so proud absolutely yes uh, and this is why you know sales is the forefront you know it's it's you know you don't have sales you don't have no business right uh, mm-hmm. so I'm glad I was able to focus on that because initially you know I didn't even know that I should focus on sales you know I, I didn't know that the sales is the transition into entrepreneurship, the closest job that it gets to entrepreneurship, right? So, uh, yeah. you know, thanks to my business partner, Babir, who uh, was as my mentor. 
just kind of had me focus on sales and sales only, right? Because I was interested in like product management. I was interested in project management. I was interested in other things. Yeah. And I wanted to do like 10 different things at a company. He's like, nope, you only do one thing and do that well and learn this and, and get become the best at it. And, mm -hmm. and I'm so glad he, he gave me that direction, right? Because this is, you know, even though I was doing sales, he was the one who was giving me that direction. And, you know, credits to him for like, seeing the bigger picture and he's much older than me he's 15 years older more experienced so like you know mm -hmm. uh that was a big advantage that i had that i had somebody who knew already what not to do and what to do so i definitely had that shortcut into getting into business and, and into sales nice that's amazing that's amazing and now you look at what you've done and, and how you've got to where you are today uh you know you know every day we look and it's not about what we've done but it's about where we're going that's always the most exciting story. So where start are going over the next year, the next five years? What what is what is your your landscape look like in the future? That's the exciting part. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh interesting. You know, I honestly um even afraid to to tell uh because things change even throughout this year, a lot of things that I'm now focused on, I haven't even thought about that I'd be focusing on, right? When I just joined the company, the the kind of an attitude for both myself and my business partner has been that this agency that we're running is a cash cow, but it's going to be the gateway for us to build our own product. Okay. Mm. And that has kind of shifted slightly because now we actually want to build a big consultancy business, right? We want to grow this business even larger. We don't want to just, you know, look at it as just a, a cash cow and like a revenue stream that to support our other endeavors. We want to look at it more as like the focus of the business. And one way we want to grow this agency is through acquisitions, right? So, want to acquire other agencies and want to build a really big consultancy business, a nine-figure business now, right? So Beautiful. That, that's the next goal, yeah, to get it to a nine-figure valuation. And then maybe after that, have some kind of an exit and then focus on new endeavors, which there's some ideas there. I have 193 ideas written in my notepad, so we'll see what's next. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's a couple of years from now. For, for the next few years, I'm still going to be focusing on Jafton and just growing this agency. The, the best thing is your single-minded purposeness. You know, you've got, you've got your vision, you've got your craft honed in and you're just in multiplication mode. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Exactly. I was reading uh, this post from Sahil Bloom uh, yesterday. Uh, he's one of my favorite creators, influencers. And he posted that one thing that he commonly finds among all these like very rich and successful people is that they're able to focus on one thing for the extraordinary amount of time right so actually the way he phrased it was interesting he said extraordinarily successful people are just ordinary people who are able to focus on one thing for a long time for for extraordinarily long time that's what yeah how he defines extraordinarily successful people it was interesting i love that i love that I, I love the word extraordinary as well because i mean i think you know especially you know given the current economic climate that we're seeing i mean we certainly see it in canada we see it in the united states where you know there's there's definitely a, a dip in consumer purchasing. There's a dip in corporate spend. Uh, you know, as the money starts drying up and 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 all of that uh, easy, easy, easy money that was in is 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 vaporizing. You know, we're seeing that you know there are extraordinary conditions in the negative. And I think for people to just maintain mediocrity, they cannot do ordinary tasks. They've got to operate in an extraordinary manner just to maintain normality, let alone looking at cool. growth. I don't know what word you'd use that's bigger than extraordinary, 
but I'd say you'd say it's what 10x extraordinary is probably the way to go because that's the amount of effort that's required to to be ahead of the game versus just hitting normality. 100%. And you mentioned a really good point. You're, you're talking about like the, the bear market, right? And the, the market's kind of going down. But one thing is that actually I'm very bullish on a bear market. Why? Yep. Because, you know, even though market itself could be shrinking a little bit, right? As far as like the spending activity and whatnot. But the way I look at it is, hey, where are we in the market share? Like with our company, for example, right? We probably haven't even scratched the surface with what we could be doing in revenue, what we could be doing in headcount and what could be doing as far as the business activity and, and the logos that we have in our portfolio, right? So the way I talk to my sales team is that, hey, market could be shrinking all day, but we're not near the top of market, right? If we were to Accenture or the Deloitte, the multi-billion dollar corporations that have just pretty much capped, maxed out their, their caps in the market, then yeah, the market shrinking would affect them because they're already mm-hmm. at the top of the market right? We're at the bottom of the market still, you know, with our, you know, where we at. So there's so much more room to grow, even in the shrinking market. All we have to do is just like, like you said, you know, extraordinary amount of effort. Yes. But we haven't nearly done as much effort as these big companies have done anyways, right? So there's so much more to grow, even in the shrinking market. We, we aren't absolutely scratching the surface, you know? Well, I think a lot of people, what they'll do is, and we see this in the real estate space, especially, there's a lot of real estate agents, oh, you know, real estate's going down in value. Oh, interest rates are going up. Oh, it's really tough. There's not as many houses selling, so so it's going to be a really tough year. And it's like, really? What percentage of the market do you represent? And so if, you know, if somebody else is feeling the same way as you and they reduce their activity, that's the perfect time to strike harder to take market share. Because when they're when they're sitting on their their heels, you're on your toes and you're moving. hundred percent. That's actually, yeah, what uh, one of my clients, Patrick Van David, might know, uh, talks about yeah. is, is you know, that the, the bear market is the perfect time to go bullish because everybody else is sleeping. You know, like you said, everybody else is that, you know, in that down mode, they're in that bearish mood. And if you go bullish, you actually have an advantage. Yeah, because nobody else is on the hunt. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're, you know, it's funny because even if just, I, I think there's three things in my opinion that really kind of help. Uh, and you can probably solve most sales problems with these three problems. And the three problems are, first of all, is attitude. And if your attitude is off, your numbers are going to be off. If you think the market's going to kill you, of course it's going to, because that's what you believe. If you think 100%. you're going to crush it, you're that much better poised. The second 100%. thing is, as you look at your approach is what can you do in your approach to make it more successful? You know, is it, is it your pitch? Is it the people you're talking to? You know, is it shifting your product offer? What is it? And the last thing is, which is the one that people, you know, discount the, the, the most, but I think impacts massively is, is activity is how much mm-hmm. action are you taking against that target? You know, and, and, and if you're, if you're shrinking on your activity, if your approach is off and your attitude's bad, well, of course it's going to be a terrible market, but if all of those of things course. are on fire, you are unstoppable in a market like this. Hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, and uh, and I see that that book behind your back with Harmozi, right? That's what he talks about. Yeah, you can always improve your lead gen. You can always improve your your offers, right? And uh, it's if your offer is good enough, you know, and and your activities, like you said, is in the on the uprise, then yeah, there's the market can't make you slow down. If anything, you know, you can grow, and and I'm proud actually uh, that we've been able to grow in the past, you know, twelve or twenty months. Even with Absolutely. the bear market, 
you know, because yeah, of that, because I, of the increased activity. Absolutely. And I think that's the same thing with our mortgage brokerage. Our fourth quarter is going to be our best quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I talk to real estate agents about that, they, their jaws sort of drop. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we just double down on activity. You know, we just, we had a post that we just put up on uh, YouTube and it's just, it's trending so fast right out of the gate. And it's because we're just putting so much activity into our social media. And mm-hmm. so, and it's something that we've never done before. We've always been very sales focused, not very marketing driven. And now we've thrown the marketing on top and the multiplier effect is just profound. And, yeah. you know, it's one thing that Grant Cardone talks about, you know, a lot. And it's the reason why I was drawn to him as, and now I'm a 10X certified business coach with him is because, you know, when he said marketing is senior to sales, you know, at first I was like, that's a crock of, you know, whatever. And because I always was, you know, adverse to marketing. Well, maybe it's just because I had bad marketing departments and that was probably the problem, you know? And so then, you know, now looking at marketing and seeing how much impact can happen, it is absolutely fantastic to see, you know, how quickly you can grow by really having a good conservative effort in your marketing programs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like you said, you know, it goes hand in hand with sales and marketing. You got it. You got to have both. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that was great in our, in our, in our pre-conversations that we were talking about is that we're talking about the differences between sell or be sold and be obsessed or be average, you know, and and which brick was the better book. I was, I was on the seller be sold and and you were on the uh, be obsessed or be average. Well, back to our attitude, right? What I, what I I listen to those books separately and I listen to those books together kind of back to back as well. And what, and, uh, the obsessive the average Cardone goes like attitude wise. I think he goes like so much more energy, so much more like, you know, his tone has changed. I literally, I, I remember I listened to it back to back and I'm like, whoa, seller be sold was like great, good, good, stable tone. But this be obsessive average, he literally is obsessed with this tone, you know, and, and I just like the energy of that book. Right. And I like the, 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 yeah. you know, the name even like being obsessed. Yeah. You gotta be obsessed. Like you gotta, you gotta be paranoid and, and be, you know, obsessed with what you're doing to, to be able to do the, that 10 X result, that 10 X extraordinary achievement. Now, what I really like about what you just said, not only that I, I, I really agree with what you're saying. I think content wise, be obsessed or be average is just so next level. I think the, the, the starting point of seller be sold, the accessibility of the content is what I really like about the seller be sold. It's, it's sort yeah. of, universally accepted. And then the people who are looking to take that next level, getting to be obsessed or be average is I think the next, next thing. But yeah. Both are I liked books. It, absolutely. And what I liked about it is, and this is, this is why I think at 25, you're an absolute killer is how many times did you say you read the, you let you, you listen to those books? I count at least three times each. Cause uh, <laughs> it was on repeat oh. and, I, and I listened to audiobook, you know, every time when it was like, I, I did that. Yeah, he, crushed, he crushes it on the audio side. Yeah, He's yeah, decent. yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I meant by attitude. <laughs> and the energy is that like on the audiobook, if you listen to those back to back, you'll notice how in the Be Obsessor Be Average, his tone is just like so much higher pitch and like more aggressive. But but you like that. It gives you more energy because he's so pumped up in that book. And the way he reads it is is make is what makes a difference, you know? Uh, the, the but the voice thing is, is, is you listen to it a bunch of times, which means that you really, not only do you you, you look at your activity, but you're really dialed into training and you're really yeah. dialed into learning and growing. We talked oh, already sure. about, we nailed, uh, the, the, you know, Alex Hermosi, we hit off Grant. You're probably, we could lift off, you know, 
five or six other people instantly that you read. How many how many books do you read or listen to a year or even a month? Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it at least once a month, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if there's anything extra, I I add in, but uh, I keep my minimum at once once a month. Like the audiobook, it's always on when I'm at the gym. It's always on when I'm driving. So it just kind of goes on the background. Uh, so, so the minimum being once a month is, is a safe number. Uh, yeah. Don't go like one, once a week. You know that that would be exaggeration. But, but realistically, if you keep it that once a month, then that you, you hit that quota. You know, yeah. for yourself. Yeah, exactly. See, I I love it that you've integrated into the other tasks to to yeah. to stack because I think in order for you to be successful, you have to figure out how to compress time. You know, I yeah. think everybody everybody in their lifetime is going to make a million dollars. Right. Some people make it $20,000 a year over a very long period of time. Some yeah. people make it in a month. Some people exactly. make it in a day. So in order to be successful, you got to figure out how to compress time. And, and the way that you're doing it, you know, through the, the power of your team, through the power of stacking uh, your calendar so that, hey, I'm at the gym. Guess what? I'm listening to a book as well, rather than just listening to something else that's not going to, you know, push me to learn. And I think Absolutely. You know, those are the reasons why I think, you know, that and, uh, you know, you, you've become very skillful as a result, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, you mentioned a really good point. Exactly. It's uh, you know, I never thought about this. Way. Yeah, everybody in their lifetime will make that amount. It's it's about how fast you make it and how much of it you can retain. And I think the good word for that is leverage, right? This is what I've been also looking at lately. Yep. Like you, leverage is when you're able to do more within less time and and more result. You know, like and and through using different tools, through using different uh, you know, people. In your team, mm -hmm. right? That's leverage. Yep. I mean, I'm on this podcast right now, but my team is working, you know? Absolutely. And, and that's leverage. And, and that's compressing time, like you said. Absolutely. And, and, it's, and, and to me, I think the more that people can realize that, I think a lot of people, when they get into being self-employed, uh, they fall into the self-employed trap. And the self-employed mm -hmm. trap is the idea that I'm my own boss. I do everything the best. Nobody can do it better than me. You know, so I can't, I'm not going to give it to Jane because, you know, she's, she'll never do it as, as good as I do it. Mm -hmm. and, and that trap is, is such a difficult trap. And the entrepreneurial, the person who becomes a, an entrepreneur, you know, by, by bringing on the responsibilities of all those other people, you're responsible for them. You're responsible for their success. Yeah. By bringing them on, you really are able to then multiply your, your impact. Hundred percent, and 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 you mentioned another really good point is that you know a lot of people can't do it uh, because they think I'm not going to be able to find somebody who's as good as me, and I'm guilty of that up until recently as well. You know, like I, I I'm all for delegation. We hire a lot of people, but some roles I just couldn't delegate. You know, I just couldn't <laughs> trust. And one good friend of mine mentioned this really good quote. He said, "Dude, you will never, you will never find anybody who's as good as you are, but you will find." either somebody who's worse than you or somebody who's better than you. And your goal is to find somebody who's better than you, right? We're Absolutely. never going to find exactly the same copy or something. That's just, don't, don't even, you're stressing on the wrong thing you said. You know? And I was like, damn, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Let me go find so somebody smart. who's better. And, and I was able to find, you know, somebody who's going to do, you know, some of the roles I was doing better than me. And I was able to delegate way more this year because of that. I'd love when you're sitting in a meeting, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen, where you're sitting in a meeting and I had this happen to my mortgage brokerage. Just it was just this week actually, and they were going to do something, proposing a way to handle a situation. I'm like, guys, you can't do it that way. Like that just is not the right way to do. You know, you need to do it like this. And and no, it's not going to happen. And they turn around, they're like, um, no, Steve, we've actually done it like this for the past five deals of this type, 
and, no worries. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, hmm? you know, and it's great <laughs> yeah. because you're like, when your team is, is really blossoms and they, they get better than you and you're and correct uh, you. It's just uh, a feels beautiful so good thing. Though. Yeah. It, it does. So it truly does. You know, and it's funny. Yeah. I get the same thing. I coach Brazilian jujitsu. And I have this guy that I'm coaching right now on the team, and he's just he's built like a like a, a Greek Adonis, like just you know jack to the nines, just stronger than strong. And you know now I can handle him because I've trained Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for ten years. Wow! But my whole goal is is that you know within probably six months to a year, it's going to be near impossible to handle this dude because <laughs> once he gets the skills, oh man! And it, and that's if to people, people are like, how do you deal with that? I'm like, I love it. And I'd love the fact that they're able to beat me because if they're able to beat me, I've succeeded as a coach. Yeah. Right. 100%. Yeah. There's a saying in, in our culture in Uzbekistan, and I'm going to like paraphrase on the exact one, but the, it goes along the lines of like, if your mentee didn't beat you, he's not a good mentee. You know, you got yeah. to really pick the good mentee that can beat you. I love it. I love it. That is such an amazing quote. <laughs> now, one of the things that uh, that I always like to look at and I say, you know, if we can try to find a, you know, the humps that happen in business, like everybody's going to have their adversities. I think hero stories, the best hero stories are where people have hit an adversity point and gone over that adversity point. You know, it's not that person. I mean, everybody likes watching, you know, the Jerry Seinfeld. This book is about nothing, right? Or this show's about nothing. And sometimes those shows are funny, but, you know, when you're looking at a true hero story, you know, the bigger the adversity that's been overcome, the bigger the hero in the end of the in the end of the book or the end of the movie. Talk about, you know, maybe one of those big things that you've overcome, you know, what it felt like going through it and, and then how you came out on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an absolute believer is in that the adversity is the foundation of success, right? And it yeah. like you said, the the bigger the hero you become at the end of it. Uh for me, the bigger kind of a challenge, the biggest challenge in that I've been able to overcome that I'm proud of is what I'm doing day to day right now involves a lot of communication, a lot of sales, a lot of convincing, a lot of leadership, right? Because on one hand, I'm dealing with my team that has to, you know, follow my leadership. And on the other hand, I'm dealing with the customers who also have to believe in me as the vendor. And that's something that I've always struggled with as a kid. Like actually, you know, me being outspoken now is actually the result of a lot of work because mm -hmm. I was an extremely not only shy kid, but also very super insecure, super self-conscious, like to the point where I wouldn't be able to even like ask a waiter for a check at a restaurant when we went out for a family dinner, you know, and my dad asked me to do it. So I've overcome that through just going out and putting myself out there. You know, at the age of 14, I got my first job as a door-to-door -door salesman, you know, working for my dad. Extremely difficult, you know. Super self-conscious. First kid. job was door-to-door -door sales. Door-to-door -door sales, yeah. Holy At cow. age of fourteen, and I started off as a super, super shy, super insecure. But at the end of that summer, it was the summer of twenty twelve. Came out on the other hand as one of the top agents. Actually, y your dad's a killer, man. That's amazing. <laughs> what a great yeah. way to help you like dive in deep and own own your uh, your disability to make it an ability. Like that's 100%. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to him. He really pushed me. He said, yeah, you got to go underground and just, just do this job. And, you know, w one thing that I had that attitude, you know, as well, like I didn't have the skill to sell. I didn't know what to say. I could come and like mumble, you know, like one of those uh, memes on TikTok I saw where 
the the kid is trying to order pizza and they rehearse it like you know before the call they're like hey i just need the pepperoni pizza i just need the pepperoni pizza and they call and they say hey i'm pizza <laughs> like, so i was that kid you know who would come in and be like you know <laughs> rehearse amazing. speech in my head before coming into the store door to door sales you know i was selling a uh, wholesale ice cream right and i'll yeah. come in and almost say like hey hi i'm ice cream you know <laughs> but but guess what i kept doing that and kept doing that and kept doing that you know that's one thing that even though i didn't have the skill of sales i had the persistence right i had the attitude of yeah, no matter what i'm gonna keep doing and you know, go doing that in the right numbers and it's going to work. It's guaranteed to work if you do it the right amount of times. Even even if you are the, the worst salesperson in the world, do it enough times, you're going to get one deal. You know, absolutely. In in jujitsu world, we say a black belt is just a white belt that hadn't that just never quit, yeah. right? And uh, and that's exactly what you did. And that's amazing yeah. to hear. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, and to that hear. applies to everything. Yep, absolutely. Now, when we talk about Jafton and we talk about the direction of where you guys are going, what are some of the new and exciting things? I mean. Everybody always have new stuff on the horizon, and obviously you're talking about adding more consultancies into your space, more product lines. And I love that because you know there's a client of mine that we were working with. What we did with them to really help them grow their revenue was just hit a different product, mark a like different offer, and put it a different product, and that radically changed and grew their business. And mm-hmm. so when we look at yours and we're looking at your business and you know the direction of that business, what does that look like? What are some of the new and great things that you guys are doing? Uh, yes. So actually one of the things we did to increase the, uh, uh, revenue and, and be more successful with the business is actually the opposite of offering more things. We started offering less about two Mm -hmm. or three years ago, actually, we switched our focus from general software development to more specifically going into mobile, right? So we niched out. That was like actually a, a good choice because then, you know, it's easier to sell this specific service when you're more focused on it rather than other generalists being, you know, just generalists and you're a specialist, but what yep. we also are doing though now to take it to the next level now from like, you know, what we did previously is uh, exploring new technologies on the development side, right? Technologies that are going to make it, the work more efficient. And as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, to give an example, uh, a year and a half ago, we went into this new technology called low code, which is essentially, yes. you're familiar, right? Yeah. Oh, so, I love low code. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's uh, it's an amazing it's an amazing uh, method of development, right? There, there's many different tools that you know some are some are good, some are not. We found the good ones, and what that gave us is the competitive advantage on speed, right? So when our clients come to us, one thing that we can beat most of our competitors on is speed, right? We we can mm-hmm. develop faster than a lot of other firms out there, and we're always on that hunt to improve the service and improve the offer. For our client, yep. you know, so that it's more appealing because it's a very competitive space. I mean, there's around thirty thousand different app development companies uh, that are marketing to the U.S. And to stand out, you really have to do something that's that's different than everybody else's. You know, absolutely. And and what what is what is your messaging that you're using to stand out with? So we we talk about speed. We said you know through low code. Um, we also, our method is different than the industry standard of what's called the time and material approach, where most of the companies, when you come to them, they'll quote you out based on hours. They'll say, hey, this will take X amount of hours and this is the cost. Mm-hmm. But guess what? That's an estimate, right? So, and the odds are they're going to go over that estimate and you're going to have to I mean, overpay. They, they never come in below? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
and, and they don't most of the often they, they yeah. don't because they, they, they probably low budget to get your business right so yeah one thing uh I, I was discussing this with one of the potential clients this lead uh this morning he was shocked he's like why don't you guys provide hours i want to compare apples to apples everybody's giving me hours and you guys aren't you guys are just giving me the, the price i said that's actually to your help because one thing that we stand out with is that in our offer we don't give you hours we don't well, you're not buying hours from us we give you the result and we give you the guaranteed price. So what we yeah. give our clients is that, hey, you give me the scope, you tell me exactly what you want, I'll give you the exact precise price, and I'm going to stick to it no matter what. I can yeah. spend double the amount of hours that I thought I would spend. You're not going to have to pay for it. I'll take that risk. But you have a guaranteed price from A to Z to get this thing done. Your price is not going to change. And that's something that no company offers in the market right now. That is absolutely fantastic. That you know, it is funny because that's a commitment, right? I mean, you're giving them a commitment, and and I think that commitment, you know, you know, as somebody who's done software projects before in the past and knows what project creep looks like, and uh, you know, knows those kind of things. How do you handle those when those situations come up where the expectation started as A and then migrate yeah. to B when you're on one of those fixed? situations oh yeah we've we've struggled with that a lot i mean project creeps like going over budget you know losing money uh so right now we mitigate the risk through like we we assess the project on the first discovery call and we we decide on one of the two ways basically if the project is pretty straightforward it's something that we've done times and times again yeah we have a scope that's already super super detailed that we show to the customer and we walk them through it make sure we're not missing anything and, and that this is communicated well. And if they we check all boxes, then we give that final price. But if the project is one of a kind, we've never done it, we have a second route that's called the discovery phase uh, slash we call it the technical deep dive. They pay a set fee, uh, which is, by the way, fully refundable if they decide not to go with us after that phase. Yep. Uh, but in that phase, we create a couple of pages of design and we create a super detailed scope of work. That literally just described every single step of the app, and we go over with them for up to four weeks to to create that scope, right? And then once that scope is so super defined, then we give that final price. So it's a hard uh, thing for us to do, right? Because we're setting ourselves up. If there's something we haven't considered, right, we can go uh, to that scope creep, and we are guaranteed that that the client isn't going to pay for it. So for that reason, we try to make sure on the initial stage before the contract is signed that the scope is extremely detailed and we're going to address as many of the possible scope creeps as we can because we've had so many of those before. And every time we do, we just include it in that category. We have like a whole <laughs> library of scopes of work. And, yeah. uh, uh, and again, it's not like you can never be 100% perfect and predict everything. And if mm -hmm. the scope creep does happen and it wasn't something that was in the scope, we'll just come back to the client and tell them, hey, uh, you know, we gave you a guarantee that on this scope, it's going to be this price, but what you want was actually never discussed with us. So we'll have to just give you a separate quote for it and everything's transparent. This is how much it's going to cost. Mm -hmm. And it, and they decide if they want to add it or not. Yep. Yeah. Well, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And you know, the thing is, that's the difference. I think, you know, when, you, when there's a lot of the development companies out there and they're billing by the hour, all they are, they're just really HR companies. They're not software companies. Yeah. You know, because yeah, they're just, yeah. they're just human capital companies. Whereas what you're really doing is saying, no, no, we are a solutions company because we exactly. are providing a solution at a fixed price 
and uh, and we're going to commit to getting it done for it. Yeah, that's that's an amazing process. And, and we do have hourly as well. Some people just straight up want to. Uh, just add resources. We call that staff augmentation service. That's separate as well. Yep. But yep. most clients, they just want a pay per project. And that's, yeah, that's something unique that we offer taking on the risk and mitigating the risk on their end. So, to, you know, that's Hermosi's method as well. You know, I want to make offers so good that people just can't resist it and, you know, feels stupid saying no, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, and if anybody wants to get a hold of your company, it's Jafton, J A F T O N dot com. That's the website that's to go right. to. Uh, I know, you know, apps are one of the big things that people are really pushing. Everybody wants to have an app. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that can really, you know, define a business's, yep. you know, uh, relationship with their clients by having something that's really branded to them and creates an experience and an environment for the clients to work in. And so, uh, and I think your number is what, 212-499-0000 yep. uh, is to get a hold of you there. And uh, any parting things that you want to leave with uh, with the community here? Anything that you'd love to to talk about? Uh, no, I think we've talked about great things here. I, I love the format, Steve, you know, like uh, many other podcasts I've been on, you know, this is way more conversational. You add your own, you know, intakes. It's not just me talking. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, if anybody wants to talk one-on-one, uh, you know, reach out to me on uh, any social media, just type in my first and last name, sort of head of. And uh, you can also find me if you want to book a video call with me on this app called Minnect, one of our uh, projects that we built. For a client, uh, do you want to spell that can... uh, just so that the, the listeners can yeah. uh, can grab that? Sure, it's M I N N E C T Minnect. It's a combination of words Minute and Connect, and then you can download this app and you can talk to myself. Also, you have some uh, very famous people like uh, Andrew Tate there on that app. You can also Uh-oh. have a one video call with <laughs> maybe controversial, but uh, you know. <laughs> he just said Canada is terrible, so I don't know what I think of it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to take responsibility for his words, but uh. yeah, no, I don't care. I, he's just great at creating attention. He's one of those people oh, where sure. you know what he, he's what he's really good at is creating attention. Which oh, hundred percent. He's he's very. I think attention is so important to have because that's what will drive your it's the currency of today's world. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, Sardar, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for all the knowledge drops. You're so inspiring at 25 to be you know not only doing what you're doing. But to be thinking the way that you're thinking and communicating in such a powerful way, especially, you know, you know, relieve, uh, you know, talking about your Achilles heel of communication at the starting point to develop to where you are now. That's just a testament to a commitment uh, to getting to where you want to go. And, and that's just an unbelievable story. I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, hope to come back one day and talk more about some new things going on. Love it. I absolutely love it. And with this, guys, we're signing off, and we're so excited for us to bring on our next guest for the next week. And tune in to us uh, every uh, every week and see who we are bringing on to share their, their mindset, their money, and who their mentors are. Check it out. And Triple M Nation, that is a wrap for this week's episode of the Money, Mindset, and Mentoring Podcast. This is your host, Steve Hamoon, reminding you, that success is not just a destination, but a journey that we take together. I hope our discussions today have sparked ideas, challenged your thinking, and ultimately equipped you with strategies for financial and entrepreneurial growth. Remember, every challenge is a stepping stone towards your goals, and every victory brings you closer to your vision. Let's continue to learn, evolve, and reach for the stars together. 
Stay tuned for next week's episode, packed with more inspiring stories and insightful discussions. If you found value in our time together today, don't forget to subscribe, share, and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Until then, keep fostering that growth mindset. Keep leveraging money as a tool for your expansion and never stop believing in the power of your dreams. This is Steve Moon signing off. See you next time, Triple M Nation, on the Money, Mindset, and Mentoring Podcast.